Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok, and this is another edition of News and Cues, but I'm not alone because this man's here. I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and I am here. <laughs> I started to do the roll. I just started rolling right into like a Star Wars ranked. Oh, man. I understand. We record many different shows, and we, we have slowly but surely developed a different little intro patterns. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. is easy on a Monday morning to go, Hi, this is Four Center, and which show am I doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, Ken and Joseph are here to do the Dance Through Star Wars news. That's what we'll be doing today. Catching up. Uh, great questions. All those things. Before we get to all that, let's just dive into the the, uh, the the sponsors for today's episode. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll do our four center recommends and audiobook we think you should try out on us but we're not done there that is right we have another offer it is from insight editions they publish a bunch of great star wars books insight editions is offering 35 percent off across their website with this special force centered code uh you can get the your discount by entering the code fc35 or you can visit the website with this link insighteditions.com slash discount slash fc35 we are still recommending a book that's going to be coming out not that long from now may 4th it is star wars galactic baking it is full of a bunch of great uh recipes that are star wars themed some 
that look so simple that I could make them without actually uh, burning or hurting myself and others that are just complex, beautiful uh, works of art uh, that I would destroy my entire apartment building if I tried to make. But I'm sure skilled bakers can make them uh, and, and chefs can make them no problem. You should check it out on what you could make with Star Wars Galactic Baking with that code FC35. FC 35 indeed. And you know what? If you end up uh, getting this fine book, even if you don't uh, use our code, you should, uh, and you bake it and you, and you cook it and it's successful, send us a picture on, on, on Twitter and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell the world how good of a Star Wars chef or cook or baker you are. Yeah, let's see them puffer pig pizza puffs. <laughs> let's see them and let's eat them. <laughs> um, we like to catch up with ourselves, Star Wars and Life Adventures. Um, uh, always busy times. It's always, uh, the conversation is always like, how busy were you? Uh, did that affect your Star Wars time? Um, <laughs> just the way the world is right now. Joseph, how was your Star Wars time and lifetime? Uh, my Star Wars time was pretty good. Uh, this was a week where, for the most part, my Star Wars time was stuff that I delighted in doing, uh, but it was to prep for Force Center. Uh, in particular, this uh, coming Thursday, the deep dive episode this week, we are diving into the 2D micro series uh, Clone Wars, that original uh, version of Clone Wars being animated that came out in the early 2000s between Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, they've got it broken up into two volumes on Disney Plus, so that's the way we're discussing it. Uh, we're, you know, discussing the first volume one week and then the next week we'll discuss the second volume. So I had a ton of fun revisiting that. I won't give any spoilers, uh, Ken, <laughs> on my reaction, uh, in general, you know, good, real good, real fun Star Wars. But that was really, really fun because it wasn't just watching Star Wars, you know, to prepare for the podcast, you know, for me going back to that prequel era in my life and almost having like that sense memory of mm -hmm. where I sat in my old apartment, uh, watching those back in the day. Uh, it was a little bit of a star Wars and life adventure at the same time because I was enjoying mm -hmm. watching it, but it was a little bit of a, a time travel as well. And then mm -hmm. I thought, uh, wow, I'm, the week was wearing on. It was Saturday night. And I, I was thinking like, I gotta have some kind of star Wars adventure uh, or else I'll just have to go buy an action figure so I have something to talk about. Uh, and my wife and I went for a walk, and uh, my wife is very, very careful about um, being polite in public. Sure. Uh, so sometimes I really have to read her clues. Like, she doesn't like to point. <laughs> oh, so she'll, yeah. like, do a head nod. So she, like, nudged me and, like, head nodding at, like, uh, some people down the way from us on our walk. And I was like, what are they... Yeah. Does she think, are she, is she concerned about them? Are they going to rob us? What's going on? Uh, and then I noticed uh, just peeking out of the person's backpack uh, was Grogu just staring at oh, us yeah. on our walk. And that was, that was very, very nice to see. So uh, seeing Grogu in the wild, another Grogu yeah. in the wild was my real uh, Star Wars adventure this week. Well, I think we've also learned your wife, Sarah, would be an excellent rebel informant just walking around. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, she just gives the little nod like uh, like Lando in disguise in Jabba's palace. Look, I as someone who ha who spent many years training um, some roughnecks, uh, not to point when giving directions at a mall or a shopping center, uh, instead use the Disney full hand wave. Uh, I I respect the not pointing in. Uh, <laughs> In public role. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, the tour guide arm, uh, yeah. my, my wife and I are quite good at having been tour guides. So if she yes. done the full tour guide arm, she she could have knocked the guy down from a block <laughs> yeah. away with that power. Uh, what do you mean we can't point? Oh, see, you're almost proving what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I but, picture them pointing at you while telling you, yeah. I can point. 
Usually ends up with me pointing to them, but you're going to do it. Um, stay out of the Woolworths. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, I, I, you, you and I, um, Thursday's discussion on uh, the Clone War microservice is going to be inter- wonderful, interesting, fun, and probably similar because I think we're going to use that term sense memory a lot. <laughs> I was I was down to feeling the chair I used to sit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a hell of a thing how it can uh, transport you because I have watched it since then. I watched it a couple of years ago on YouTube, but I think there was something different about just uh, really hunkering down to to watch yeah. it that, that it just sparked all those memories. Uh, many memories indeed. Um, well, over on this side, nothing too much. I, I some similar experience with the Clone Wars, a lot of work, but I had uh, a little moment and I, I, this is, um, I don't, I don't mean to spring a test on you. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I want to get your thoughts here. This is one of those fun things. So I have, uh, you know, have a home gym in my garage here. Um, wonderful setup, fortunate to have it, got a nice little Bluetooth speaker to play some music in. And, uh, so you know, it's I, I, iTunes shuffle or whatever they call it, Apple music, the, the shuffle through my playlist. So occasionally a Star Wars song will pop in like John Williams music, uh, John Powell, I have the solo thing on there. You know, uh, Cloud Riders music, great to work out to. <laughs> the Ewok celebration came up, the old classic, Yub Nub. Oh, wow. You, uh, you want to get your, you know, blood pumping for a workout. Doom, doom, boom. It start. you feel good. You feel good. Um, and listen to the song as I'm, as I'm working on and. The, the the end chorus of that part before it goes into the 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 medley of themes in the roll credits. Yeah, I think I have spent most of my life singing along incorrectly. <laughs> so I think I just well. All right, let me do this. How does that end? Does that song end celebrate the love or celebrate with us, Joseph? I always heard celebrate with us. But I mean, celebrate the love makes more sense. Uh, but I always heard celebrate with us. And this is one of those Star Wars things that I have never examined. I've never tried to figure out. I've, I don't think yeah. I've ever had this conversation of like, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never even turned to a human that I've watched this with and go, they're saying celebrate with us, right? This is this is the first time I've had this conversation. I, That's the yeah, way I've th- always heard it. This is where I, I wish uh, Jen was here with us. Yes, uh, you are correct. You and I have heard it the same way. Celebrate with us. Bum, celebrate bum. with us. Bum, no, bum. It's, it's celebrate the love. <laughs> celebrate the love. Because I too, 40 plus years of watching this stuff. I never thought about it. I never thought. And then the song kind of gets phased out, at least in terms of the movie. So you don't, maybe don't think about it as much unless you seek out the Ewok celebration, which you all should. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I looked it up. I'm, I'm on the, you know, Wikipedia. I also just did a general uh, search and yeah, it's celebrate the love. Celebrate the love. Uh, it does say now. It does say. Um, I think there's some translations. Uh, the Choti Cha Tu Gu To Do To Two is celebrate the light, celebrate the might, celebrate the fight, celebrate the love. <laughs> All right. Uh, those Ewoks go hard. That's a, that's hard. some intense lyrics. Celebrate the might of the Ewok <laughs> Empire. Celebrate thrusting your spear into the gut of the enemy and feeling yeah. the viscera drain around your paws. <laughs> so, um, and 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 you know what? And again, I I think we a couple of, uh, Jen Landa probably has these memorized, but the the English translation, and this this sent me down the rabbit hole. It's freedom. We got freedom, and now that we can be free, come on and celebrate. That's great. That's great. We built the city on rock and roll, man. That's great. It really does sound like the lyrics for like uh, what a Lionel Richie song from '83, right? 
Yes. Yes, it really does. Here's the second uh, verse, the second stanza. Power. We got power. <laughs> and now that we can be free, it's time to celebrate. Celebrate the freedom. Celebrate the power. Celebrate the glory. Celebrate the love. We're, we're still here in Ewokies, uh, you know, uh, still speaking Ewok here. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, so celebrate the love is the only thing that kind of flows out into uh, Galaxy Basic before it hits the credit. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never, I've never, you know, glory, glory, we found glory. The power showed us the light and now we all live free. I mean, this is a powerful song. Yeah, you know? no, really. Yeah, now I just want to hear like an absolute 80s uh, medley of this, you know? I want Pat Benatar on this. I want just every 80s star. I, you know, you know, y'all know if you listen to me other spots, I am obsessed with the 80s um, uh, big group charity songs. So I want a Springsteen, We Are the World kind of chorus belt here. I want, uh, I want Ackroyd dancing in the background. Yeah, let's do that. We are the Ewoks. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, uh, that was my Star Wars adventure. Took a dive into a song that I love, a song that for years I've been singing along to, but I guess not really. Yeah, no, I mean, that that is really uh, <laughs> beyond just celebrate with us versus celebrate the love. It's powerful to know exactly what yeah. statement those Ewoks are singing. Yeah, uh, and don't underestimate the Ewoks. So, and again, a lot of you listening out there are probably like, oh yeah, I have, I have these lyrics tattooed on my arm. or <laughs> Totally, but like Joseph said, like it's just, there's just, so many parts in the Star Wars galaxy to, you know, focus on, to to laser focus, especially if you're studying for trivia shows. I just, I've never, never gone down. And I just, this time, this time, this weekend, just suddenly was like, wait a minute, I think I'm saying that wrong. Did you hear it differently or did you just uh, question your, your ears? I heard it differently for the first time. I don't know what it was. The acoustics in the old 1920 garage I work out in that was built 100 years ago. Um I don't know. I, cause I was singing along kind of mumbling to myself. Uh, Grace was in there too. She was like hanging stuff up. So I wasn't like, you know, I didn't want to, you know, and I, I have the life that life-size Ewok I, I have from, from the great folks at, at tree and tree of Endor uh, is in the, it's there with me. Oh, so, it's in the garage watching you work out. Watching, yeah. Wicket spots me. So I, I, now I'm like, I was the spirit of Wicket present in the room. <laughs> then get the me damn the lyrics right. <laughs> oh, could you sing it right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's really. I mean, celebrate the love makes uh, perfect sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Celebrate with us. I think though, maybe I wanted to hear it that way because I wanted to be invited yeah. to join the party. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, my final thing, not to do. We're going to do an hour on this song. Celebrate with us works for me because it almost is like they're like everyone get over here. Luke's showing up. Wedge is showing up. Nine num Lando. Like, come on, celebrate. I I think that's probably how I took it as a as a kid growing up. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do a deep dive. I think we got a question actually coming up uh, about uh, misheard things in Star Wars, and this might be the best. So we'll have a chance there to you go. revisit this. From the bottom of my heart. Uh, from there, we're going to go to Star Wars news. Um, some late breaking news as, as of uh, our recording. And I wouldn't call it, um, it was some great information, but I wouldn't call it uh, giant earth shattering news. A lot of things we already New, uh, Joseph, I'll just kind of go through this here. Uh, first details of the next wave of Star Wars, the High Republic stories revealed exclusive on StarWars.com. Uh, this is what they're calling Phase 1, Wave 2 of the multi-platform epic. So there you go. I don't know if that, I've, I'd never heard that before. I think we've been calling it kind of Phase 1 and Phase 2 and all that kind of stuff. But Phase 1, Wave 2. It's like a Bible verse, Joseph. <laughs> Very happy to have the clear delineation. Yeah. Indeed. Well, uh, 
No need to linger too much. We got the High Republic number six on the way. We got uh, the Star Wars Insider 203, Hidden Danger Part 1. This is that uh, serialized fiction uh, story they got from Justina Ireland. Uh, we got Rising Storm, which we already knew about, but kind of some stuff there. We're going to go into a little details. Uh, Daniel Jose Older and Race to Crash Point Tower, which is a new middle grade reader. Uh, some more comic stuff from IDW. Uh, then Out of the Shadows, which is the YA novel from Justine Ireland. Uh, we just got last week the update of uh, Tempest Runner by Kevin Scott, which is the audio drama. Uh, a manga called The Edge of Balance. Uh, Shimi Shinya and Justine Ireland wrote that one there. And uh, then Showdown at the Fair is, the, is uh, what I call the big reveal. It is a 8 by 8 storybook by George Mann. So um, that's kind of the title, Joseph. But the big, big thing to focus on is that we got this kind of what I call a new shared event, which is the Republic Fair. Uh, that Lorna uh, 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 Chancellor So is putting out there. Um, and this is um, where a lot of things will maybe start happening and we'll see it from different points of view, similar to the great disaster. So that's the overview, Joseph. Any thoughts? And what do you think about a Republic Fair? Yeah, yeah. Scrolling through this, I think maybe this information was released about the Rising Storm, the next kind of a, a adult, uh, you know, mm -hmm. novel. Uh, Kevin Scott, uh, always weird to use that word adult, but you know what I mean. Um and I, I, I had not heard before that the Republic Fair on the Starlight Beacon was kind of the center of that novel. And it makes sense to me if they keep using the adult novels to, like they did The Light of the Jedi to tell kind of like the main event. And then all the other uh, yeah. uh, storytelling is kind of around that. Um, mm -hmm. But I love this idea of a fair. It is just kind of a, a perfect um, way to advance that this idea of we are all the Republic and at the point yeah. of the um starlight beacon is to reach out and expand the republic and go to all these worlds that are more remote remote and say look it's not just that we're going to send you uh medical help it's not just that we're going to you know have jedi out here to come running if if pirates attack you this is not just like a functional relationship that we want this is an emotional relationship that we want of we want we want you to be part of the Republic. We want an exchange right. of culture and ideas and clothes and food and music. Um, I really love that because it is a great storytelling beat. It's a great contrast to uh, the disaster bringing everybody together before. This is a attempt at a non-disaster. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but more than anything, I, I think the big thing for me that I like about this is I like any moment in... Uh, fiction in general, but in particular, Star Wars that that has such heart. Uh, Star Wars celebrates the love, as you've maybe heard <laughs> in an Ewok song. Um, the, the the storytelling, particularly in movies, can be so uh, fast paced and so conflict oriented. Of let's resolve the conflict, right. that you sometimes don't have room to celebrate. But this is an example of what we fight for. You know, mm -hmm. we we've all talked about it. You and Jennifer and I about loving the Akiaki Festival, of the ancestors, right? Because it is this brief picture of like that's the galaxy that they're fighting for of just mm -hmm. people having culture and joy and connection and celebration. That's the galaxy at peace. So the idea of really highlighting this during this uh, golden age. That, of course, the Republic doesn't just want to be like, we'll have an exchange of goods. We'll protect you in, in you know, yeah. in an exchange, you'll join our Republic. It's no, it's a, it's an actual reaching out of who are you? Um, how can we get to know one another truly deeply culturally? Uh, I love all of it. 
Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this idea and just just reading it, uh, you know, really quickly, quickly here this morning that it, um, jumped out. And oh, by the way, I, I'm fully aware I, I said Lorna So, which is Lorna D and Lena So combined. Uh, but <laughs> Lena So, let's get that right, Ken. Um, I love this idea. Yeah, the, we, you know, World's Fair jumps to mind of what 34 and beyond and and all those kind of things. And and we we talked a lot about the backdrop of uh, High Republic kind of is this, uh, you know, JFK. Uh, Camelotti kind of a, a modern America or whatever you want to say or modern world. Um, and that's been a wonderful driving f- force in the story so far beyond just the action. So to, to have that great, greater meaning and explore what the, what that means for this galaxy and what we can take about it, uh, take from it and put into our world of, uh, of, like you said, celebrating what we're doing, celebrating, reminding you why recovery, recovery from the trauma, the great disaster. How do we move forward and move forward as a society? All this kind of big, those are big themes. And, and just boiling it down into a Republic Fair is a, a really interesting idea and, and gives me, you know, continued confidence in what this series is trying to do on all angles. It's, it's small, it's intimate, it's a little children's story of, uh, kids running to save the day at the fair and then it's the big government picture of, of how do i how do we really drive home that we are one and how do we show that how do we celebrate that i, I love that i think they're playing with the with a full deck of cards there yeah yeah and then you know great great drama to have people at the fair opening themselves up to going okay it's it's frightening to trust others it's frightening to kind of share what what makes us who we are as a culture and then here comes the nile who have the <laughs> viewpoint of uh yeah. you're an idiot if you ever trust anybody uh you don't own anything we take everything like what a great way to accentuate that uh fear to, totally. to have people in that really vulnerable space uh, emotionally yeah, and then you got the Drengier uh, showing up thinking it's a farmer's market looking for meat. I think this is good. I think good. I, <laughs> yep, I mean, some humans on a stick, just like the Minnesota <laughs> State Fair. I uh, love that. And I, I love the Drengier. So breaking news, we got to talk about it, which means tomorrow will probably be a new trilogy of movies. Uh, we'll figure that out. Um, hey, uh, next headline, War the Bounty Hunters, the comic event uh, that's forthcoming. Everyone's kind of getting excited for this. This is the... Uh, comic event series where basically the pitch is Boba Fett's trying to get Han Solo back to Jabba and uh, problems ensue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so superstars uh, on scene, Jabba the Hutt is getting a one shot comic. And this has actually been uh, written by Justina Ireland. Uh, it's coming out in July. Here's the synopsis. Jabba the Hutt, all caps, is one of the most powerful and ruthless gangsters in the galaxy. And Boba Fett, also all caps, uh, his most trusted bounty hunter has failed him. How will Jabba deal with the betrayal? Violently. And what does this have to say? Uh, have to do with the bounty hunter with the ties to the High Republic? Eh? Oh, there you go. So uh, what do you think about that synopsis, uh, Joseph? Oh, very excited about that. About that. Um, I I read the uh, little article on StarWars.com, and man, I love the cover. I love the the uh, there's there's a fun variant, but the main cover, if I'm understanding it uh, correctly, is uh, this great picture of Boba Fett, kind of looking like he is in action, almost a little off his guard, and then behind him, Jabba looming mm-hmm. with almost like a Bela Lugosi Dracula hands. Like you can mm-hmm. see the, the strings. It's such a great and different image of Jabba. It, it is not sedentary Jabba just kind of sitting there waiting for someone to be paraded in front of him. It mm-hmm. is Jabba kind of um, is a hut of action of like, it, it's this yeah. image of somebody who is pulling all the strings, who has the power, you know, it, this, the, the image 
there's a lot of great art, but this one really grabbed me. This is like poster worthy. Jabba on your wall. So Ireland is excited to write Jabba, uh, uh, saying um, something about, you know, t- that thing we, we probably have all said to ourselves at one point of like, imagine telling your 12 year old that you get to do this 12 year old, 12 year old self. Uh, she called him a quote, perpetual under, perpetually, excuse me, underappreciated criminal mastermind. <laughs> uh, so let's talk Jabba. What do we, what do we think about being him? Uh, being underappreciated, maybe in story, but also uh, in our real world and a mastermind. Yeah, I think I think Jabba is a beloved character, but I think sometimes mm-hmm. that love can lean toward the like. Um, it's normal that we have fun with Star Wars characters, right? Uh, yeah, and, you know who who among us does not have an impression of Jabba's laugh or like this yeah. weird and great ongoing um, one-off quote, right? Of um, of uh, uh, wanting to uh, Diego Luna wanting to touch Jabba, and now like he said it once, and that's all anybody will ask him about an interview is like, "Are you going to touch Jabba?" Like, there's lots of fun things about Jabba that can become like fun meta jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in the story of Star Wars, he is like a- an incredibly powerful gangster, right? Um, yeah. The head of the the this uh, incredibly powerful uh, cabal. You know, he is the the Godfather from the Godfather movies, right? And I think we get to see like a hint of that in the Clone Wars movie when, you know, the Jedi need his access to hyperspace uh, routes. Uh, but then that's, you know, a, a little bit offset by <laughs> the whole thing with Rada. Um, yeah. We get a little bit of like Vader needing to go to him and, and not bend the knee, but that's right. certainly what Jabba wants. But we, don't, we haven't had uh, storytelling that really leans into he is like Marlon Brando in space. He's the mm-hmm. godfather. He is someone who is to be feared because of their legitimate power of, you know, yeah. money and, and bounty hunters, but also just someone like you are afraid of him because he has built himself into someone to be feared. You, you're afraid of his status. You know, we haven't had some storytelling that really leans into that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. See, what, you know, it's, there, there's this desire from, for the story of um, job is rise. We hear a lot in uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, had pitched that uh, story from what we had heard and all that kind of stuff. And, and again, you mentioned Jennifer Landa loves Jabba the Hutt. Uh, we've mentioned Jennifer a few times today. Jennifer, if you're listening, uh, call in about Jabba. Um, uh, but, you know, you and I love Palpatine. We always talk, we, we do love Palpatine. We're not rooting for Palpatine, but we love Ian McDermott as Palpatine. We love the, the lessons you can learn uh, from Palpatine or what not to do. <laughs> I, but it, it, and I think it's okay to say, like, yeah, Palpatine's one of my favorite characters. Um, because uh, he's the big bad, and there's some fascinating stuff to do. Jabba has that kind of appeal, and I, I, I think you're tapping into something there too of just like analyzing it uh, and and presenting the story of this um, pretty vile gangster, as he's described, mm-hmm. who sells a life of luxury or a life of riches or a you know the sense of freedom, but really you know because I was always fascinated, I was always a little terrified of Jabba and the Rancor and Jabba's palace as a kid, and uh, the spider droid, as I now know the Boimar monk coming up behind three PO there. But I also was fascinated by well, I don't know, everyone's having a good time, you know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> someone's being sent to their death by the big lizard in the cave and in, in the in the in the in the cave down below, but. You know, like everyone there is believing the lie, even though they could be the one next, right? One yeah. move, they're down as rank our food. And they're cheering. I used, I used to get upset as a kid, like emotionally disturbed by everyone cheering about that poor morning guard. Reese in particular, whoever was in that Reese yeah. costume was just so into the rank or eating people. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. And so to analyze just that whole world, you because you mentioned the Godfather thing and the mafia and the, that kind of idea. Yeah. Uh, I've never, I've always said, I've never, I'm not a, I wouldn't call myself a huge criminal underworld Star Wars fan, but I'm always fascinated by what that means and what that faction is. And when we did that faction conversation. So to, to, analyze it with Jabba because I bet you I bet you sorry I'm rambling about Jabba I bet you he's the kind of guy that you're like well he's he's horrible he's kind of fun at parties yeah like is is his charm part of it you know because we've got lots of fun comedy moments you know we got the um Jabba you know falling asleep apparently the pod race he agreed with some of the critics the pod race was too long I guess for Jabba you know (laughs) so we've got a lot of fun comedy moments you know with Jabba but you know, and what he does in Return of the Jedi is, you know, it, it's terrifying, uh, yeah. but it's bounced out a little bit by just how kind of weird and fascinating he is, I think. Uh, but I think really diving into that, like, yeah, uh, this charming murderer yeah, yeah. And, and powerhouse of, of Jabba would be great. So the, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it could be coming. I don't know how or why. And, uh, you know, as a movie, I understand that being a bit of a hard sell. <laughs> um, well, yeah. It's just it's cool to think that Justina Ireland is interested because that's why we're talking about it because she's the one who brought this up in, in her discussion yeah. of this comic. If she's going to lean into not necessarily his rise, but like mm-hmm. let's look at him of someone to be truly deeply feared and why. I think the last thing for me is the the reason that it, it's kind of exciting is Star Wars is so great at pulling in different genres and really putting them through the filter of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean if you take something that's like you know classic gangster movies uh, or more, you know, 70s, uh, you know, Godfather or, you know, anything uh, Scorsese, you know, uh, all these interesting questions rise up about Jabba. You know, we got to see the Hutt Council in the Clone Wars, but but why is Jabba so powerful now? Is he smarter? Is he more brutal? To your point, is he more charming? You know, is he more willing to sacrifice his soul? Does he do things that even other Huts won't do? Those are kind of the questions, I think, like at stake. Yeah. In great movies like, you know, say Goodfellas, you know, and to bring some of that to Jabba is a really fascinating idea. Hey, I'm still open to it. Guillermo del Toro telling the story of Jabba or just uh, everything going on. And uh, in Masai's life would be interesting. Yeah. All right. uh, From uh, Jabba, the most vile gangster in the galaxy to the happiest place on Earth. Headline reads real lightsaber coming to Galaxy's Edge? Question marks, exclamation points. So at the very end of a presentation titled A Special Look Inside Disney Parks, uh, remember they want you to return soon on April 30th. Um, this past week, the chairman of Disney Parks and Experiences and Products, which, uh, Joseph, to me, sounds like a prequel era Star Wars title. <laughs> Absolutely. This was a member of the Separatists for sure. Yeah. Josh Diabaro unveiled a so-called real lightsaber. Now, there was a lot of press at the event. But this is one of those no pictures, no phone, video, nothing, no screen captures, nothing. Because I think it was a, a, a virtual event, uh, mostly. Um, so we only eyewitness tweets here. And I'm going to read some of them here in a second. Um, but uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, allegedly real lightsaber, which I'm going to talk about the legacy of, um, of that of that desire. So Attractions Magazine tweeted, they just showed a real lightsaber. A lot of question marks. It's hard to tell what it's made of or how it works. It was sticking up a bit, then raised all the way as it was making the turning on sound. Once, uh, once up, it looks similar to lightsabers they sell now, but the hilt looked a little larger. We weren't allowed to record it. Um, 
then uh, they clarify. They were asked to clarify. Uh, they cl- he closed out the event by turning on Luke's lightsaber with the laser sword coming out of the emitter in person and said it's real and then ended. Just no questions. That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> uh, another one says, uh, uh, I, I love this one. This is uh, Ashley Carter. Um, Ashley L. Carter one, if you want to follow her. Disney Parks chairman Josh DiMaro made it, did a mic drop at the end of the virtual press conference with a real lightsaber. It happened so fast, I'm shaking. That one actually got me excited. <laughs> um, so and goes on and on to describe it. So um, the details and how it works and everything and what's going on, you know, we, that's maybe a, a, a minute, uh, mundane discussion. But uh, what did, I just want to go to the you and I talk a lot about the emotions of loving Star Wars, Joseph, and our experiences. And we all got different uh, experiences and different uh, amounts of years in that experience resume. doesn't matter. We're all kids at heart loving this thing. What, what is the kidding you think of this news? Oh, I mean, I think it's just kind of like the endless dream of Star Wars. It is the magic of that initial scene with a lightsaber, right? Of, uh, of Obi-Wan Kenobi giving it uh, to Luke Skywalker and explaining what it is. Star Wars is this great fantasy that's grounded in reality. And I think Mm -hmm. the natural reaction to that is to want to bring that fantasy into reality and to just experience that. Right. I mean, I think it's the heart of um, everything from, from, uh, you know, lightsaber kid who filmed themselves, you know, pretending to have Darth Maul's uh, lightsaber to, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I've told this story before we saw the, you know, not great toy lightsabers that are available back in the day. And I misread mm-hmm. the sticker. I thought it said one ninety nine, and my dad went to pick them up and he's like, no, they're seven ninety nine. We can't get them kid. Uh, <laughs> but you know, but he gave me his flashlight and my brother and I turned the lights off in our room. And we made do with flashlights, you know, First of all, I love that your dad was force awakens on solo. It's <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, you know, it, it's just, I've also told this story before, but it, th- these are the flood of things that come to mind. I have a, a, a good friend who's a great musician in Minneapolis, and we uh, bonded over our love of uh, Star Wars. And he mm-hmm. had to go through a medical uh, procedure. And when he came out of it, uh, he was stressed out. And he, he and his wife said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he said, uh, where's my lightsaber? I need my lightsaber. And his uh, wife was not a nerd, and she wasn't exactly sure what he was saying. She's like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, my lightsaber it is the weapon of a jedi knight i need it like buried so deep in his soul that that's what came out right i just just think there's something about the lightsaber in particular that is just this um Mm -hmm. absolute you know endowed object of the fantasy of star wars and Mm -hmm. and i think we everybody wants to experience having a hilt in their hand and just having it burst into life right because it's the fantasy made as close to reality as is safe i, I mean it's a four center well said sir because it, it's so true it, it's part of the genius i think of, of of george putting that out there and those who designed it and the entire team behind uh making it in the movies and making it look so cool because yeah you're like I, i've said before i've written before and i'll say it for the rest of my life we are all star wars kid we are all uh that person in a room going zoom 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 and pew 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 and and I, I, I read this headline and normally I don't, I just, I, yeah, whatever. Like I just was, I, I was Ashley Carter going, I'm shaking. What? They finally <laughs> done it. They've done it. They've done it. <laughs> so 
The other side of that, though, Joseph, is this question. Uh, what does the adult who knows the price tag think of this? And follow up for you specifically, Joseph, as someone who has already purchased one of these at Galaxy's Edge, uh, the ones that you can buy, make and buy now. Will you get this one as well? Yeah, I think the the adult reaction is I definitely want to see it. I want to see how close it gets to the the fantasy, right? Because right. the one that I have now, you know, you it 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 lights up, but you know, the tube's always there unless you, you know, mm-hmm. unscrew the tube uh, that, that holds the light, you know, and I've had, I remember feeling like an insane advance when they could make the, the toy lightsabers that, you know, telescope the plastic blade all the way down. So you could yeah. get kind of close, you know? Um, so I don't know if I'll run out and buy this one unless it really, really works. Like there's a part of me that like, I need to see it. If it works and gives that feeling that I've always wanted, uh, of the total, mm-hmm. then I'll go for it. I might wait for the second edition when the technology is slightly improved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I and it also entirely depends on the experience. Obviously, they'll sell these at Galaxy's Edge, and I love the lightsaber that I made. I just I really love it aesthetically. But the big part of that was the experience that that story that they have written mm-hmm. in the effects and the environment is so well told uh, to make you feel like you're, you're, you are making something sacred. Uh, and if you really let yourself uh, lean into that story, the experience of making it is a huge part of the power. So it depends on if getting this one would be just, you know, walking up to a Disney employee yeah. and saying, here is $700 or whatever it's going to cost versus is it an experience like the current version they have? Yeah, see, and I I have not experienced the current build process. I know you have, and you speak highly of it. Uh, Alex and Molly Damon speak highly of it, and anyone I've heard who's done it has been like, oh, it's pretty pretty darn cool. So I'm there for it. Uh, I want them to add it with this one. I, I want to, like, put the crystal in, and I want to go up on some platform ice cave facade, and I want to light it, and I want to look like Luke on the poster <laughs> for New Hope. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you are describing me with Bigfoot, sir. Like, I really want this. I am skeptical until it's dancing with me at a campfire. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you you are pitching a, a, an experience that would be great because if you right, if it's right. too complex and you can't make it, uh, you know, they managed to make the initial reveal of your blade, you know, pretty special. But if, if it is a thing where, like, you, you do ha- just have to buy it, it would be a great to have it be, like, every single person who buys one of these steps into, like, a video booth and you get the video of yourself igniting it for the first time that Ooh. that might be enough that might be enough well if, if not we'll make it ourselves exactly. uh, so there you go when it's uh when the parks are open and you feel safe and secure uh, and and, uh, and are you know concerned about other people's health as well uh, head on out to the park and uh, buy yourself a real lightsaber at one point in time final story of the day hasbro fan fest was uh recently uh, in the last week and uh, we got some reveals many new figures a lot of new figures instead of me just running on down uh i, I joseph let's just uh what are some of your favorite figures and things that you want to go there because we got black series six inch vintage three and three quarters i know you, you a lot of times focus on that but where does your heart take you with this list yeah for the the black series i was really happy to see the variety of of eras um mm-hmm. super excited to see or saying i think just because you and i have just been watching some of those uh great clone wars episodes she's so well designed um i really like seeing from the mandalorian uh q90 um yeah. I, it's there's something about 
the design of that droid that is very evocative of the droids from uh, or the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, oh, so those were the ones that grabbed me from Black Series. But um, man, the vintage had some good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the you know the Akbar with the data pad. Yes. <laughs> yes, I like any action figure that makes the word action feel kind of ironic. Uh, the Akbar checks his email. action figure uh yeah that's pretty exciting and then from all the years of uh now of discussing action figures uh, another thing that that you know i love is the attempt to find is there a microsecond of film that is a new version of luke han or leia we can possibly make yeah yeah (laughs) and when i saw hot luke i was like yeah no there's been a bunch of great hot lukes okay I didn't realize that he came with a specifically stumbling to survive scarf that he comes with this scarf that's wrapped around his face (laughs) as he's trying to walk alone through Hoth. And, uh, you know, I have had stumbling to survive scarf on my face in Mm -hmm. Minnesota in reality. So that that utter specificity of Hoth Luke with a stumbling to survive scarf really grabbed me. Uh, That's that's a good call, sir. That's a good call. Uh, for me, you know, I, I, RC, you mentioned R. Singh. I, I just, yeah, uh, it's absolutely for me. And I've always loved R. Singh as a little uh, cameo character. I know a friend, Van William, loves R. Singh as well. But it, with with you and I diving in on Clone Wars, I saw that. I got really excited. I just think, you know, it's it's a character that um, has a little bit of a cult following anyway. And uh, to, to to put her out there in a, in a brand new kind of uh, flashy figure, I'm, I'm excited about that one. I still, you know, I've stopped collecting. I really don't. I don't get these anymore. Uh, might be room in my plastic storage box for this one. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens when I see it on the, uh, on the rack at a store. Um, <laughs> You'll see the will of the force. Yeah. Yeah. I, I turned the corner, did the old toy aisle search uh, at my little mini target uh, nearby me the other day. And uh, the, only, the only thing they had was the three and three quarter grief carga. And, you know, I just love grief. I love Carl Weather. So it's like, I need to support both of these people car weathers and grief carga the price tag was a little too high for a three and three quarter finger that's going to go straight into uh into my uh plastic storage boxes um i also love the emperor's royal guard you know i love those overall anyways the vintage line looks good and this one has a lot of stuff and you can take it apart and there's they didn't name it as a specific character i know there's a lot of different royal guards characters and legends but it's a nice bearded gentleman ready to defend Palpatine to death. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, I'm having to be really choosy uh, right now about which ones I get just out of out of space. Space. Yeah. Yeah. Space indeed. Uh, and the final one for me, I, I just love this guy. I really, uh, we talked about Rogue One recently, uh, General uh, Anton uh, Merrick, uh, Blue Leader. Um, he, he's got one. This is another one too. Like uh, with that mustache, I, I might, might need to have that in figure form. Um, I just really like this character and it kind of is in keeping with that Star Wars tradition we always talk about of uh, microsecond of film or that character in the background, the one out of the spotlight, though General Merrick does have some real good spotlighty moments. So uh, I, I might be picking up that one. That's in the uh, vintage uh, collection there. Yeah, with that amazing X-Wing, uh, really yes. well, well, well designed X-Wing. Um, yeah, w- right. just uh, two others for me real quick is that okay. they're putting out that uh, a bunch of vintage in the video game line. Yeah, you know, I I have I've never played all the way through Force Unleashed, but that Shadow Stormtrooper is just cool mm-hmm. looking. Uh, mm-hmm. But the the one I wanted to be sure to mention because we've gone on a journey with it here on Force Center is uh 
from Battlefront 2, the heavy battle droid. Yes. Uh, heavy is a class that I've played a lot. So it, when I see that action figure, it's like, mm. <laughs> uh, that's me playing the video game. I have to. That's an action figure of me, practically. You're so you just touched on something there, like because yeah, heavy is my class as well. It's those grenades, launch yep. grenades. Um, yeah, if they were to release a whole class of figures pack, <laughs> I might have to buy the heavies. So I might have to start with the droid. Yeah, yeah, and that I, I have long since uh, gotten over any uh, any grumpiness about the battle droids, but. Mm-hmm playing them so much in battlefront 2 has made me really like them and i don't know that i've ever had a battle droid action figure so this might be the one there you go i think i got the fan yeah i got the phantom menace once um but that's about it yeah, yeah i probably did too <laughs> i can't even remember these days see you were dealing with some droids issues back then um <laughs> the final reveal in this one we'll take a second to talk about it we have got the 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 replica life-size replica wedge and tilly's pilot helmet uh, this is that uh, classic kind of uh, dark green, the yellow and black uh, lettering and symbols on it. Uh, man, this looks cool. All these helmets, all the helmet stuff. I don't own any of them. Um, if I did, I'd probably try to wear them while driving in my car, and I don't know if that's safe. Um, this one looks good. Uh, I, I want to chat a little bit just about Wedge and Modern Canon, Joseph. Are you going to grab the Wedge helmet? And what do you think about a Wedge? Yeah, no, I can't. I cannot go down the road of helmets. I'm already uh, running out of room mm-hmm. <laughs> for books and toys. I, I cannot begin the helmet journey. But yeah, I think Wedge is just such a fascinating character. I, he obviously has like a ton of fans, and I think, um, I think there's something kind of special about him because he is, at least from my perspective of growing up with the original trilogy, he is like the original uh, major minor character. Yeah, you know the original character that people who are just like, yeah, I saw all three of those movies. Uh, Darth Vader, I'm your father. I get it. Star Wars, like yeah. those kind of just casual viewers don't know who Wedge Antilles is, but anybody who had those you know VHS tapes and watched him, like he was the the kind of the first trivia you ever learned, right? That the one other pilot who survived, it's Wedge Antilles, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And ever since then, you know, I think he has been kind of this symbol for the rebel pilot who is a rebel pilot period, you know, yeah. he's not Han. He's, he's not Luke uh, with uh, force abilities. He is the rebel pilot. And then he's just, you know, I think he's been kind of reintroduced all sorts of eras from the X-Wing yeah. squadrons books to, you know, uh, I, I made a more of an attachment getting to be him during a lot of the missions of the rogue squadron video games, right. you know, yeah. Then Rebels, then his appearances in Aftermath and Resistance Reborn, the uh, random middle-aged man that we all get to scream for in Rise of Skywalker, you know? He's yeah. he's appeared in lots of different places. So for being like this kind of original major minor character, he yeah. has really walked with Star Wars through the generations. Yeah, and I think one of the... You're so right about the different generations, different eras. The the first that you kind of knew that name. You're so right about that. He was the first. He was the first Star Wars trivia question. Um, but I legends. You know, he just he reached a new level for a lot of folks. And I even remember reading some of the or the Empire stuff. It's like it's like he started getting his due. And yeah. The new era comes along, and I think right from the you know he's I think gets his due in aftermath. I think I love his stuff in aftermath. Um, you know, but him not pulling up from seven and may or may not have something to do with Dennis Lawson not wanting to do it or whatever the stories are. I don't even know what's true anymore about that story. He finally comes around at nine and gets a little moment, which I love and I think it's great. But yeah, I, I and he's in Rebels, right? He pops up in Rebels. Um, 
Resistance reborn, like you said. I, I yeah, I, I still I wouldn't mind hearing a little bit more about Wedge. Wouldn't mind a little more Wedge content. Uh, just kind of paying homage to the the original guy uh, who kind of broke out of the uh, second tier, so to speak, like you said. So yeah, give me yeah. some more Wedge, and this might be a good start. Yeah, I think you said the magic phrase for at least some of the Wedge love love of uh, he got his due. I think maybe that's it. Is he is the guy who is not from royalty. He's not the charming rogue Han. He's not, you know, gifted with the force. So we can really project on him. We can really be like, he's the everyday person who gets to be just as cool. Like I I did a very early uh, in my doing comedy about Star Wars uh, career sketch where it was just Wedge running for government and his his stump speech was basically like, I did a lot of stuff too. <laughs> and I think a lot of people have stories or relationships with Wedge like that of like, he's the guy who's always like, come on, he might not be one of the big three, but he's a big deal. Give him his due. Yeah. It's why I just have always loved him getting promoted and Return of the Jedi and getting to say lock ass foil attack position. It means a lot to me. It meant a lot as a Wedge fed. So, yeah, there you go. Wedge and Tilly's gets his due. A new Star Wars story coming soon. <laughs> Might start with this helmet. All right, that is uh, a look at Star Wars news. We're going to take a quick break in a second to come back with your questions. But, Joseph, first we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook. We want all everyone out there listening to try on us. That is right. This week we are recommending Rebel Rising by Beth Revis. It is an older book, but damn, it still checks out. Uh, the reason we're recommending it is we recently did a, a deep dive episode looking back on uh, Rogue One, and we had a lot of good things to say about this book as always. I think it's still one that Star Wars fans haven't read as much, so just really wanted to highlight it. It's one of my absolute favorites of the new canon, Rebel Rising. Oh, it is so good. I was on a live stream recently and someone in chat said they just started reading it for the first time and I got jealous they got to experience it again or experience it for the first time. Download your free audiobook today, that one or anyone, at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. We'll reset. I'm going to come back with your questions here on Force Center. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Four Center friends. Make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Welcome back to Force Center. We are here on our main show, the News and Cues episode, with me, which means, Joseph, we need some cues. What do we got today? That's right. We got two questions from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going to go first to Twitter and Gareth Vader. <laughs> Great <laughs> handle there. Uh, Gareth Vader says, I often think about how particular Star Wars quotes have an impact on us. Uh, Obi-Wan saying, who is the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him, for example? Since the 1980s, that quote has always stuck with me, be it in the playground or now in everyday life. What quotes have stuck with you? Uh, Ken, I love the way Gareth uh, asked this question of those quotes that stick with you that are both uh, for the depth, but maybe also just because they, you know, have purpose in everyday life. What kind of quotes uh, like that stick with you? Yeah. And so I, I specifically only went to originally original trilogy for this. Uh, there's ones from every movie and everyone knows that I'll yell, what is she proposing? Just whatever. I'll yell it in the streets. I just love it so much in Rogue One. But I went to the original trilogy to, to I think, really capture the spirit of Gareth Vader's question for me of just like, what is like my entire life stuck <laughs> with me? Um, so here's the, here's what I came up with. Um, first I'll start with the kind of, it's, it's on my office wall here. I have, um, there's a company uh, called Nerdwood. I don't know if I'd name my company that, but they called it that. that. And um, I bought a, a never tell me the odds. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, it hangs in my office wall now. So I've always loved that one just in terms of an inspirational one. And it's almost a kick in my pants because I'm not necessarily the biggest risk taker. But I've always looked up to Han. I've always liked Han. I've tried to learn lessons from Han where he fails in life. So I'll never tell him the odds. It, it is. It's poster worthy indeed. So I'll start with that one there. 
Okay, yeah, no, I think that's a great one. And that's just a great uh, uh, quote, right? For just like that kind of sums up the yeah. spirit of Han Solo. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, I did a similar thing. There's only one uh, idea I have that is uh, from the prequels. And I had to include it because it's an honest one that goes through my head often. Um, like, almost all of them are Yoda, <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest, because they're um some of them i'll say jokingly like uh my friends and i when we used to play uh, super smash all the time yeah whenever we beat one another we'd say all too easy particularly if it had taken a long time yes. Yes. <laughs> uh but i think things that give me comfort that are like sometimes i think about the depth of them but sometimes it really is just about kind of the rhythm um yoda saying that is the way of things the way of the force mm-hmm that's something I just kind of mumbled to myself or think in my head when it's like, well, you know, just uh, some things you just got to accept the way they are. Um, always in motion is the future uh, mm-hmm. comes up a lot for me uh, as well, because I am uh, just uh, thinking about that. You, you don't know what's going to come next. And, you know, sometimes people want to know an answer right now. And that is always what comes to my mind of always in motion is the future. Mm-hmm. We don't know that answer yet, but we will eventually. Um and then uh, for me, the big uh, prequels one is not uh, a, a great and meaningful one. It's just the rhythm of it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something that I take to heart because it's an awful thing. Uh, it is when Sidious uh, says to Vader, the newly anointed Vader, when he's telling him to go to the Jedi Temple and wipe everyone out, he says, do what must be done. Um <laughs> And I think of that every like uh, often when I'm getting ready to, you know, go out in the world and I'm stressed about something or I don't want to do something. It, it's it, it kind of makes me laugh and it kind of gives me comfort. And yeah. sometimes I don't even realize I'm thinking it level thing of like, you know, OK, I got to get uh, got to get gas. I got to get groceries. I got to go pick this up. I got to do what must be done. <laughs> it just lives with me. It's not an inspiring phrase. It's yeah. just the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know if I was to go to some of the prequel ones and because again those have been around long enough to where they're kind of in your life too for for most half of my life at least yeah so like yeah, henceforth it's just one of my <laughs> favorite ones so I think I think you and I could pull Palpatine quotes for days yes <laughs> um, some of the other ones uh, that I was going to list again I, I kept to the original trilogy to go back um, I love this one but I got this one. Uh, it's not a it's not like a quotable quote, but I just love it. I love what it means, and it's kind of a just love in real life for me. It, it's it's Leia going, "You do have your moments, not many of them. You do have them." And Han's, <laughs> Han's reaction, I'm just kind of like, "Well, yeah." You just kind of, <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. Again, I am a Han guy, and so I see that moment. I'm like, "Yeah, I I, I mess up more than I succeed, but I'm a, I have my moments." So I'll use that one, and then. Um, there's two silly ones and I'll come back to one that is, uh, that's taken on depth over the years. Um, I, I think I've told this before, so I won't rehash too much, but I love Luke looking at Jabba as he's being shuffled out of the pal of, of, of the, of the, you know, Jabba's palace there going, that's the last mistake you'll ever make. I've, I've said that far too many times in my life. <laughs> and I mean, it's like a good inside joke with some of my friends. Um, and this one actually just came up. On a, I was doing my Lego build stream this weekend and someone said it in chat. I said it and they, we had a moment of, he was like, I thought I was the only one who like really pulled that out. And I was like, there's the power of Star Wars, a shared, unique journey. I love the Ewok quote of that guy's wise. <laughs> it's just, and I, and I was saying like, if that came out today or like you and I've talked about, if you watch Return of the Jedi at the, just the right age, you probably didn't like it as much. Um, 
I know you've, you've discussed, discussed that a lot, Joseph. And, and I was at the perfect age where that just was, yeah, that was a great quote. And that guy is wise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, that, that line would have been, uh, been too cute for many people, uh, back yeah. in the day. Uh, but yeah, but you know, totally that good. guy is wise. Yes. And then the final one for me. So th- this one is, I can't lie and say this is, uh, you know, this influenced me in the eighties and nineties. Um, the Dagobah stuff on in Empire, you're going to get a ton of great things. You've mentioned some moments there too, but I, I, I love the Luke asking what's in there as he goes in the cave and Yoda saying only what you take with you. I think it's, and, and I remember tweeting that out the day I saw Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I just tweeted that out. And I just was kind of like, when you go in there, what do you what are you going to take with you? Focus determines reality. All those are the quotes, and that one has grown for me. Just a lot of places outside of just fandom or watching movies in Star Wars. Just um, any situation, uh, you are taking a lot into it, and, and just be aware of of that. You know, just be aware of all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, I love that one. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that whole scene is so powerful and that line sums it up so well. But it it is a fun thing to almost visualize of like when I go in to see a movie, Mm -hmm. am I opening myself to the story that's being presented or am I literally strapping on a belt full of weapons (laughs) (laughs) as I go to sit down at this movie? Is my blaster ready? Is my hand twitching over over my blaster for what the film did wrong? You know, yeah, Uh, it is a a great, great way to look at that. a uh, couple more uh, for me. Um, one is kind of jokey, and in, in, in it was definitely in my sort of teens and 20s uh, when I was really watching uh, the original trilogy a lot. Um, I really like Han's uh, response to Lando on uh, Cloud City when Lando's you know, like, they arrived right before you did, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And Han says, I'm sorry too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, the, there was that desire uh, in me always to want to wanna feel a little cool, but especially as a, is a young person to want to feel cool. And that seemed like such a cool way to express that you were in pain. Uh, and I remember having like a moment where, you know, I had had, um, had a, like had a, uh, a breakup thing and, and, and it had become clear in, in, in uh, like at a public event that, uh, that I, something, something was not going well. And, and other people around me understood like, Oh, that interaction that we all just saw in public, that was probably not great uh, for Joseph. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and one of my friends said, I'm sorry. And I was like, yeah, the moment's finally come. And I was like, I'm sorry too. <laughs> like I waited and held on to it to find the right moment where I could, where I could handle pain in mm-hmm. a cool way, like Han Solo. Uh, and it made me feel a yeah. little bit better in that moment. Well, um, last one, uh, for me is, is, uh, Yoda's, uh, I think I, I always liked it. I like the rhythm of it. I like the emotion of it, but it has become uh, more important as time has gone on of when Luke is asking him how he'll possibly know uh, the good side from the dark side and Yoda's de- delivery of you will know when you're calm at peace, passive. It, it, it's such a, a great balm. You know, it, it is such great, straightforward wisdom that can be extremely hard to to master when when you're upset when you're angry to just try to take that deep breath and, and try to see it uh see the situation you're dealing with uh more clearly and really make your choices from that place of of calmness right that's great very very hard to do i've failed at it recently so it's <laughs> good to uh, have that quote uh, running through my mind there you go yoda i think it's fair to say that that guy's wise 
that guy is wise. No doubt about it. Uh, and it is not the last mistake I'll ever make. I will make that mistake again. Uh, you you had one more, right? Uh, no, no, that's what the Yoda one. I mean, I could I could probably the run, Yoda one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, then we get into all the uh, weird Star Wars uh, quotes that work for other situations. Uh, you know, look at the size of that thing. All those kind of <laughs> uh, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they came from behind. Yes, yes. Endless possibilities there that have been explored in in many, <laughs> many, many comedy sketches. Uh, and yeah, and you and I could do uh, eight hours of uh, of deep Star Wars quotes. Uh, but this is like, such a great question, uh, Gareth. And I love that the ones that have stuck with yeah. you since you were on the playground till today. Uh, we're going to move on to a question from Dr. Addy. Uh, doctor says, with Project Black Saber listed off in Rogue One, are we to assume that Moff Gideon was after it for a while now, or was someone else after the Dark Saber and Gideon just inherited the obsession, like Qui-Gon and the Prophecy? Interested in your thoughts, uh, but this is now my headcanon. Uh, it's a great question, uh, Dr. Addy. Ken, I want to start off by, I tend to think the Black Saber and the Dark Saber are two different things, but I don't think that's uh, confirmed anywhere. So uh, there is room to dream. There's room for headcanon. Uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've always, yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly it was a a correct question to ask when that movie came out. I was like, is that, is that, is that? And and, um, I don't know if there is an answer. I kind of don't want it now because I like living in this kind of headcanon world on this. In fact, that entire list, when you you and I did did the deep dive into Rogue One, you know, I had a lot of fun just kind of listening to the names again of like, uh, you know, because one of them, some of it doesn't factor back in The Last Jedi with some of the technology, but I don't know. Um, So I kind of like this idea. I kind of like it, whether... Black Saber is there or not? I think just in general for Moff Gideon, I can get behind the idea that he knows about it. He hears about it. Uh, you know, he's working in uh, Imperial security and, and this is some information he has. And then once he maybe has some power, maybe he feels he wants it. And um, if he had something to do with um, the purge of Mandalore, you know, he maybe that's where kind of he came face to face with it. So uh, I I'm kind of with Dr. Addy on the head cannon of at least this is how Moff Gideon, began to pursue that just an obsession whether or not came from that project or not but i do i do like the idea of the of that being the same thing whether or not i I truly believe that or not maybe up for debate but i I can i I can get behind that yeah yeah i no, i'm in total agreement about the uh the gideon side of it and his obsession there's something about that that just makes sense i feel like that is the kind of tip of the iceberg story that that they are telling in the mandalorian you know i i think gideon was absolutely involved in the in the great purge of pacifying defeating mandalore and i think the dark saber is a symbol of that right of like yeah. is this the ultimate symbol of of your leadership of your your strength your combination of your warrior history and your nobility this is the ultimate symbol of that of this is you know what your leader must wield and then i'll take that from you um and i think you know there, there is still some canon confusion around Exactly when did the Great Purge happen? Uh, are there two Great Purges? <laughs> uh, I still think that there is, you know, a story really to be had from that moment later on in, in Rebels when Bo-Katan has the Darksaber, accepts it from Sabine, right? Yeah. And is poised to resist the Empire. To me, I think that's where it makes sense that Gideon really comes into the story of that Bo-Katan leads some sort of bigger resistance uh, around that general time and the empire puts it down harshly including mm-hmm. you know devastating the actual planet and you know that gideon you know takes the dark saber from her in combat and that's so central i think to what 
what we're left with uh, at the end of Mandalorian season two, I kind of think we will we will see or hear that story specifically mm-hmm. of Gideon getting his hands on the dark saber because it's it, it's so yeah. where the storytelling left off with uh, Din and Bo-Katan. Totally, totally makes sense. So this is one of those fun like fun ones for me that I think it's kind of like some of those Gideon obsession with the dark saber um, details are are fun headcanon now, but I really do think. Uh, Unlike some of the headcanon we chase, this is a headcanon that will become screen canon, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, and that, that whole list in in Rogue One, I tend to think Black Saber is something different than Dark Saber for myself, but it's really fun to guess what that is. If that's like, is that some sort of synthetic kyber crystal uh, construction? Is that some, you know, who knows what that is? It's a planet that fires large yeah. <laughs> lightsabers through the galaxy instead of lasers. It fires giant lightsabers who knows probably not that but it's really exciting to to brainstorm on mm-hmm. yeah uh any other thoughts on that great question no other one that's i love living in that headcanon world like i said but I, i'm excited to see uh mandalorian answer some of those questions yeah absolutely so we're gonna go to questions from our patrons on patreon first one comes from kyle barrett Kyle says, the rematch of the century. That's how Kathleen Kennedy has described the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which seems to imply that Kenobi and Vader will duel once again. If this is the case, where would you like to see this battle take place? A rematch on Mustafar, a duel at the former Jedi Temple on Coruscant, or a location that's completely new? I asked the wonderful Alex and Molly of Star Wars Explain this question, and they suggested Naboo because of both characters' history there. I've always felt the hellscape of Mustafar represented Anakin's embrace of the dark side and the intense boiling emotions of both combatants. So what location could represent the headspace Vader and Obi-Wan have at the time of the rematch? Uh, this is great to get a absolutely uh, great question, a thoughtful question, and one that already comes with its own great answer from Alex and Molly, because mm-hmm. Naboo is a great answer. Uh, Ken, where do you go with this? Well, first of all, I, Kyle, this is a great question because it's also very fun. And it uh, gets you kind of thinking uh, about what's coming. It gets me excited for what's uh, coming. I also, because my, it's funny, my defensive kind of go up when I hear this because I think off podcast time, not between you and I, but like in the real world when this show comes up or the idea of even the movie back in the day of him facing Vader, I've been defending this idea for so long, I, I, I've become a little battle-worn. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. <laughs> Where I was like, oh, oh God, uh, it's a rematch. So I love, Kyle, that you've asked this really fun question. Uh, I, uh, Mustafar makes a lot of sense for me. I mean, also Vader's got an office there, you know, he's hanging out. Um, and you, there's a lot of different areas of Mustafar that we could see and explore. Uh, it makes sense that it's not Tatooine. So that history there, Naboo is a great answer. Alex and Molly submitted a, a nice one there. I honestly kind of want something brand new. I don't necessarily know why, um, I could have, fun it could be almost anywhere i I could planet recognition is very fun could it be um uh while it's uh, a transition is going on where the the empire is kind of moving in there could it could it be the remains of jetta you'd have to yeah no jetta no it wouldn't be the remains what am i saying yeah what am i saying i got the timeline messed up it could be something like jetta could be something steeped in the force or could be just um somewhere else i was even thinking you know takadana (laughs) oh yeah Obi-Wan's got to having a drink. Uh, I sense something. Um, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Vader's there having a drink and it's like, I sense something. And then uh, later on, Rick gets to reference that again in New Hope. So I, I, yes, I, I like the rematch. The idea that the rematch is a drinking contest yeah. would really shock everyone. 
it's the opening of uh, Raiders of the of the Lost uh, Ark, uh, <laughs> Marion Ravenwood. Um, but I, yeah, for some reason, I got to tell you, I'm a little open to, to something new in this particular moment. Um, just a new spot, a new new battle, and bringing new meaning to an old fight you know what i mean like we're gonna get something that we're familiar with we're getting another story getting the emotions behind it getting this new chapter of their relationship so put it somewhere new to balance all that out yeah i i think these are a lot of great thoughts um i got some similar thoughts uh, maybe some different spins but i think with the the ongoing discussion about uh the rematch of the century and you know people being unsure about that you know concerns that it, it's not going to feel new or it's felt will feel like a retread you know i'm really interested to see what the actual combat is but what i love about kyle's question is it it really gets to what i'm excited about is i'm excited about the emotional rematch you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm excited about the possibility we'll see if it if it plays out that obi-wan feels like i left this unresolved i can try to save him and if not and if I fail, then it's my duty to stop him. But I didn't do either uh, last time, you know. Mm-hmm. And so coming from that emotional perspective and knowing that he can't succeed at either canonically, right. you know, that has to somehow, somehow come to some peace. And I love that Kyle is asking uh, what what physical place represents that. Uh, mm-hmm. Naboo, I think, is a, is a great answer. Um, but even if it isn't Naboo, I like the possibility of it being somewhere beautiful and peaceful because I think I think it's got to it should pull on Vader or mm-hmm. Anakin rather, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in contrast to Mustafar. Um, yeah. I could see Mortis coming up, but I just kind of don't feel like that doesn't feel like the mood of this uh, to go that mystical. Um, uh, another place that occurred to me in terms of somewhere new is, you know, a plundered Jedi temple, uh, something right. that represents kind of what they both were, but is, you know, falling apart and in disrepair, but is, still you know uh retain some of its uh, essential essence you know and right just visually if it was a jedi temple on a beautiful planet that was half in glorious sunshine and half in you know horrific shadows you know something like that it would maybe be a little on the nose but would get to that like right. the place representing the the possibilities um i thought about ilum as well partially just because what what is a known place that has some of that history and mm-hmm. that's interesting to me I, I don't i don't i wouldn't put money on ilum but what's yeah. interesting to me about it is the idea of a of a you know arguably beautiful organic place uh that has the beginning of being molded into a weapon right yeah so even if it wasn't ilum if it was some other planet that was just gorgeous but was in the midst of being perverted by some imperial machinery that would really, really make sense to me. Um, and I kind of lean towards something like that, something that's in in a halfway state, either a plundered Jedi temple or, or a half-constructed imperial horror show. Yeah, a dance with the past and a fight for the future. Yeah, but I, I think my biggest prediction, Ken, is that it is going to be somewhere new. Um, yeah. I, I, have, I am developing uh, more and more wild headcanon that... I really think with casting Hayden Christensen that there is going to be some sort of flashback um, mm-hmm. to a, a, a moment or a story between Obi-Wan and Anakin that we haven't seen before right. and something that's kind of a new and fresh from the audience perspective that can be a part of symbolically the argument that uh, Kenobi makes to Anakin to right. try to bring him back a specific moment Um it, it, and I'm I'm still kind of wondering if we might get the story of 
Anakin making the Skywalker family blade. Yeah. And you know, how powerful would that be if, if Obi-Wan tries to offer him the blade that he ends up giving Luke. And because of the flashback that we've seen, because of whatever Anakin went through when he made that blade, that the Skywalker blade has some, you know, specific attachment uh, to a moment between Obi-Wan and Anakin that we don't know that could be kind of powerful. And depending on what, that's just kind of wild headcanon uh, sure. uh, that could be totally wrong, probably totally wrong. But whatever the mechanics of how is Obi-Wan trying to get through to Anakin, I think the the place of the actual fight will will be relevant to that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In terms of just the story, the story machine, the story engine, or just uh, obviously thematically as well. But yeah, thematically, and, and maybe the actual story engine, right? You sure. know, uh, and I think there's a lot of practical, fun things to consider. If it really is Obi Wan has visions, he he realizes he needs to get through to to Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, where is he going to find Vader where he can have a a conversation without being uh, shot at by a thousand stormtroopers? You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe in his office. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe at his house on Mustafar. Maybe all that is the yeah. answer is just Mustafar. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I love, uh, I love uh, uh, thinking about this one. Coming up with headcanon for this one because I think it's uh, going to be just a, a truly great, amazing event, uh, and really be able to weave some new ideas onto uh, some characters that we know really well. So super exciting. Thank you for that question. Uh, Kyle, we will move on to our final question from Brendan Bozarth. Uh, Brendan says, uh, last time I asked you a what if about if Vader could see Kylo Ren and how he'd feel about him. This time, let's do the same, but with the light side. Imagine how proud Padme would be if she were able to see and learn everything her children would go on to accomplish in their lives. What a happy question to end on. Uh, yeah. Ken, what do you got for this? What What do you... Uh, picture or think of when you imagine Padme knowing everything that Luke and Leia accomplished. Yeah. Taking it all the way out to the end. Right. I, 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 I think at some point like pride, obviously, you know, Hey, uh, maybe a, you know, job well done type of thoughts for Padme. But I also went to this, you know, idea again, you and I were just watching some of the uh, Clone Wars stuff where Padme's on Alderaan and she is uh, happy, but, but a little sad, which is ties into what Leia had the, and says in return of the Jedi so at any point, it maybe doesn't have to be all the way at the end post uh, Rise of Skywalker, but if this, um, you know, the spirit of Padme at some point kind of sees what's going on, maybe, you know, sees how they uh, toppled the Empire, to- to- toppled Palpatine, uh, Anakin is reborn in a way, all these kind of things. If Just uh, Padme's spirit finally goes to rest, finally says, uh, you know, um, uh, all the things uh, I fought for, all the things I wanted to accomplish, all the things I believe that they're still good in them. Uh, my children completed that mission, completed my mission, and I can rest now. I, I, I can, I see that more than the pride stuff there too, simple and, you know, hip, hip, hooray, my kids are great. But I just see that spirit, that, that spirit of Padme, which was, was, was broken, you know, and, and, and torn apart, um, seeing it finally getting, getting rest. Yeah. Yeah. To see her, her children, not just, uh, save, uh, Anakin, uh, but, uh, really, uh, mend her broken heart as well is that's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that recent Clone Wars episode we watched too, where uh, she's on Alderaan and it, and it attaches to that great uh, Leia moment in Return of the Jedi. But you know, she's giving that uh, fiery speech too about standing up to uh, to fear and the people who want to uh, trick us into fear. And 
she's facing being, uh, you know, assassinated or an attempted assassination again. <laughs> and she's got that great line um, I'm paraphrasing about, you know, Padme says, if my voice is silenced, uh, a million voices rise up in my place, which is just, you know, this great like Padme predicting the rebellion without knowing she's doing that, but also knowing that, you know, her children are some of those voices uh, is really, really powerful. Um, and I think if she were able to like really see uh, all of the ups and downs of their lives and the accomplishments, uh, Luke and Leia are almost like these uh, great uh, equal sides of Padme. You know, there's a part of Padme that's like the resilient fighter who's like, well, if I have to get the blaster out, I will. Yeah. You know, and then there is the part of Padme who always wants to lead with diplomacy, always wants to negotiate uh, the the kind, hopeful optimist. And I think, you know, in the journeys in their lives, Luke and Leia are both at different times. But Leia is a lot of the resilient fighter. I'll get the blaster out because I have to. Right. Um, and Luke is often the kind, hopeful, you know, optimist. Um, I, I think if Leia was watching or if Padme was watching them. I think she'd really be pulling for Leia to balance uh, her duties with her heart since mm -hmm. that's something that Padme went through as well. So yeah. uh, I imagine Padme just being like so happy when Leia just truly falls in love with Han and truly lets herself be in love with Han. You know, I think that's a moment of pride for Padme. And I think, uh, I think when she's watching Luke, you know, she'd be so happy that he's such a, you know, kind uh, a kid when we meet him. And, you know, I really imagine Padme pulling for him to not, lose that kindness as he becomes a warrior and particularly going through that journey going you know just don't don't stop being that kind person you are just what massive pride uh padme must have uh as luke throws down the blade right that oh. ultimate moment where he chooses not to be a warrior uh that's that's you you were touching on this that's got to be in some ways uh the ultimate moment of pride for for padme when it comes to luke yeah yeah indeed Indeed. And that's just original trilogy stuff. Yeah, we're not even getting into the sequel trilogy. We don't even have time for that. We'll do that uh, another episode. But yeah. great question, Brendan. We we journeyed to the dark side, what if? And now we have journeyed into the light, what if? Uh, great question, Brendan, Kyle, and Dr. Addy, and of course, Gareth Vader. Those are our questions, Ken. Those are our questions and that is the end of our episode. Uh, we want to tell you where you can find us. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You can also uh, go to uh, Instagram or YouTube. I've been having uh, fun putting up uh, some episodes on rebroadcast up there. So check those out. Uh, Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast, podcasts available on a lot of spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Spotify, among others. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to uh, my website, Cadnapsock.com. Joseph, where can, they, where can they go for you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Grimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephsgrimshaw.com for all of my other comedy adventures, comedy albums, my other podcast, Obsessed, all sorts of uh, great stuff like that. Great stuff indeed. Well, that is uh, our episode for today. For Center 314, 315, we're going to look back at Star Wars, Clone Wars, the micro series. Get ready for that. We'll see y'all soon here on Force Center.
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.